everybody, welcome back to Feedback Loop. I'm Jeremy. I'm Joey. And we talk about music on this here podcast that we that we do. Yeah. Cause it's because we like doing it. Yeah. And, and we, it's it's fun. There's no other reason to do it. I mean nobody's listening. It's we're just talking yeah, into we're a We're not profiting off this. <laughs> I feel like we we've repeated this over and over again. Mainly it's because we suck at intros, I think. Yeah. Or at least I suck at the very least. I don't want to project my suck onto you. No, last week but... we had to do two takes for me because I was just like, <laughs> bop, dap, bop. <laughs> That was great. I loved it and I hated it. And we've we've moved on. Yeah. This week we listened to the album Soft Sounds from Another Planet by the artist Japanese Breakfast, which is a, a solo act of uh, Michelle Zauner. I don't know if I pronounce that right. That's why I pronounce it in my head. So that's why I pronounce it out loud outside of my head <laughs> as it were. Uh, I picked this album. I don't know. It just, it kind of felt right coming off of last week's uh, we did prom queen and it's similar in some ways, some aspects, but I, it just, I don't know. It felt right. It called to me. I was like, you know, I'm going to do it and I'm going to see what Joey has to say about it. And so we did. That's, and we're doing that. that. We're doing that right now. We're about to hear what Joey has to say. But uh, the album art for this album, I guess I'll back up even before discussing this. I heard of Japanese Breakfast. I had not heard of Michelle Zauner or her other band, which is Little Big League, I think. I should have written that down somewhere. I didn't. But she has another band, had another band. I, I don't know what the status is there. I found out about Japanese Breakfast around the time that this album came out because I saw a music video but I don't know where I saw the music video, but uh, instantly when I saw the music videos for one of two songs, I've seen two music videos from them. I'm not sure which one was the first one, but uh, I found it. I fell in love with the sound. It was very like different from everything else that I was listening to at the time. Uh, so I, I, the album kind of stuck with me and it's, it's a good sound. I think, I think Joey's going to agree, but uh, the album art for this album, as it were, is a picture of, I'm assuming Michelle Zellner. I, I cannot confirm that. It but... looks close enough. Like I would, I would say it's probably her. I'm not great <laughs> with faces, but I would, I would, I would go out on a limb to say that it's her. Yeah, I, I don't, I've never seen her in uh, other things. Well, I guess I saw her in music videos, but that was years ago. I don't, I don't fucking, know. I don't do my research. Anyways, you can see her in the, on the right side. It's kind of like a photograph of her on the like the inside of like a dark room but there's like the sun setting outside shining through a window so you're getting like the the shadow the silhouette of her on the wall behind her but it's kind of doubled up like there's two different silhouettes layered on top of each other and i'm not sure how they achieved that if that was like a post thing that they edited to make it look that way or if there was some practical effect that they did there i feel like it has to be a post thing because one of the silhouettes is mirrored and facing the opposite direction. That yeah, but mirrors are like a thing that they can do. That's true. That's true. So maybe they just had some elaborate mirrors set up to reflect the light and bounce it around and then back to the the backdrop wall. Regardless, it's very aesthetically pleasing, I yeah. think. It's, it's cool. Very, like it's very orange and like very like I don't know, it, it's simple but also like complex. I'm it's, just I'm just saying words. It's very warm, you know? It is inviting. very warm. It is just like the sound of the bass guitar in this album track number one is, is diving woman oh god we're diving right into it we're diving right in see that was a much better clever segue and i wasn't even thinking about segues so i was just i feel like i've been talking 
for 98% of our recording time so far, and you haven't said anything, and I'm just trying to get onto it, because I want to hear someone else talk. And, well, and we're, we're doing that now with Diving well, Woman. Here, I'll, I'll say some things now. Talk. So, as soon as this started up, like, I don't know, it's called Soft Sounds from Another Planet, and mm-hmm. I feel like immediately it fits the bill. Like, it yeah. works, because immediately there's like a spacey, oscillating kind of sound coming through like this ambience mm-hmm. and then just a nice little like simple drum beat echoey guitar like it's almost psychedelic but not like a psych rock type right. thing or but it's just got that cool like kind of echoey spacey vibe on it uh kind of like what you'd hear like i don't know back in like the 70s i feel like it's just got that cool kind of rockish sound but uh i i like it i really like it I really like the song. Strong I'm, start. Like, <laughs> I, I was trying to like skirt around it, but man, I've just been. You said it was in a similar vein to Beach Bunny, and like, while they don't really sound like super similar and everything, like I can understand it because it kind of scratches a similar itch, right? For me, not necessarily with this song, but with yeah, some of the other. Overall, it's kind of like a chill sound. That's yeah, just, like nice to to groove to. And man, I have not been able to stop listening to Beach Bunny since we did that episode <laughs> last week. And this was like the perfect album to kind of try to wean me off of it. Because it yeah. would be like, I'd listen to a little bit of that, like Honeymoon. I'd listen to like this and then just kind of go back and forth. And mm-hmm. it was just a really pleasant week musically because yeah. of that. So, dude, you know, ugh. it was oh just, my God. It was dude, just nice. I can't, I can't even. I'm going to, I'm going to gush so hard next week, but we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. 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 I, it's, it's been, ugh. it's, it's been a weekend. Yeah. I didn't want to, for sure. I didn't want to mention anything, but you know, yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. I totally also get the, the kind of seventies groovy feel. I really like her voice, which is yes. interesting because she said that she doesn't really like her voice, which surprises me. Well, I mean, I guess it doesn't really surprise me. Nobody likes to hear themselves. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. It, it's very like wispy and like airy her vocals, and I think it fits the the kind of aesthetic, the kind of spacey, the big, kind of open, floaty kind of sounds that come through. I love the fucking drum sounds on yeah. this, this, especially the first track. It's very crisp and clean. I love it. The bass guitar, as I mentioned in my not segue, it's <laughs> it's, it's so good and smooth. It's like butter. I just I love it so much. Uh, there's also like a guitar solo that kind of comes in. that's like really distorted that kind of caught me off guard and it kind of like, it goes in the opposite direction that the song felt like it was going, but it still kind of works perfectly and kind of similar. I, I hearken to like complementary colors where they're on like opposite ends of the spectrum and they, they complement yeah. each other. Well, like the way I kind of put it with like the guitar solo, cause yeah, it does like kind of go in a different direction. It's like the beginning of the song kind of has the openness of space and then the guitar solo takes it in a direction where it has like the openness of like the desert or something. It's kind of grounds it a little bit. Yeah, like that's where my mind went whenever I was listening to it. It was a very like ethereal song that kind of just, you know, I just wrote it out, man, because it's it's six and a half minutes long. Like <laughs> it is, so it's a pretty long song. So it's kind of like a little journey to get you in the mindset for the rest of the album. I guess. I guess that was the thought behind it. I really don't know. Maybe there was no thought behind it. Maybe she just made a song was like, Oh, this is going to be the first song and it's six and a half minutes. But yeah, I mean, it's a bold move for sure, but I think, I think it works because it, it kind of establishes the setting of the album. I think yeah. in, in a very, at least in a musical sense, it's very yeah. like, I don't know. It just kind of, it, it pulls you in. It's good. I like, it. 
And then lyrically, the song, like, I don't know. it. I don't want to say it sounded, like, bleak, because it didn't. But it sounded, like, the way she was singing, it made mm-hmm. it sound kind of like, like a wandering. Like, right. she's just out in this openness and just, like, her voice is kind of just, like, wandering its way through this openness. But, like... I kind of didn't super understand what it was about until I kind of looked into it more. And so it's called Diving Woman. And there's an island in Japan. Or not not South Korea. What the fuck am I talking about? It's in Korea. Japanese breakfast. Japanese breakfast. You got all these words floating around. Yeah, it's it's called Jeju. Jeju. I don't know. I'm trying to learn Korean on Duolingo. (laughs) But man, I'm not good at pronunciation. But... uh, like, so it's got these women on there who just dive and they collect like shells and abalone and sea urchins and stuff and like sell them at, at a marketplace, I guess. And then she was like, I guess, wanting that type of life and that structure maybe, or just like the, I don't know, like you, you think of that, like I watched this movie called Octopus Teacher and it's just like, you look at it and like these people diving into uh waters and like the ocean and playing with these sea animals and doing all this crazy (laughs) shit underwater and you're just like man that seems like such a nice life you just wake up and you go do your thing you come back home you sell like you make your money and then you're just kind of just chilling so i guess she was just (laughs) wanting that but you know i don't know because i mean in a sense (laughs) she kind of was doing that and i i don't know a, a lot of my lyrical notes are going to be straight up just like taken from the genius annotations because she has talked uh she talked with npr about this album and she kind of did a track by track thing as far as i can tell uh so it, it was hard to resist looking at what she actually said about a lot of the songs so a lot of my notes are pretty much i don't, I don't want to say identical to but to what she said but definitely inspired by what she said uh this one it she said that she it at least what I interpreted from her interview script that they have there, it seemed like she was tired of the tour lifestyle that she was experiencing and just wanted to be home and to like make a family. Cause she said that she feared people were judging her for not being family oriented, which is total bullshit. Fuck tradition. You know, if you don't want a family, you don't, you don't owe it to anybody else Fuck to, to settle down and have a family, which I mean, it seemed like she was also kind of wanting it because she had been adoring musician yeah. for a while and and whether that's just the the social stigma of it or if she genuinely wanted a family i don't, I don't know it, it seemed more like it was the, the stigma was getting to her uh but yeah so she she was just like saying man if i just had like a normal job where i could just always be home every night like that'd be fucking great and that's what i got out of it yeah i could yeah i could definitely see that there's there seemed like she wanted a sense of normalcy which I would imagine you just don't get at all when you're on tour. Like, yeah, I don't know. You're sleeping in a fucking van or a bus or, I mean, sh- surely she was probably sleeping in hotels or whatever, <laughs> but like sometimes you probably gotta like sleep on a bus. I don't know. You don't shower all the time. Maybe I don't, I don't know what tour life is like. I really only have an idea of what tour life would be like from like watching movies of like, what you have described as tour life is just my normal life. Just, <laughs> you don't, just, do you sleep just, in a bus every night? Just don't shower. Not every night, but you know, <laughs> just sleep, sleep outside in a bus and a, in a van, in a hotel. No, I don't, I don't do that. But, 
but yeah, it, it, yeah, it's, I also don't know what that tour experience is like. It probably um, sucks though. I mean, it's probably super <laughs> awesome, but <laughs> I'm sure that was, that was unintentional, was. but I'm sticking with it. It probably sucks when you're out on tour, uh, unless you're getting roadhead. Then while, there's while you're on the just, tour bus. You know? It still sucks, but like in a good way. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good suck. Track number two is roadhead. Boom. We're not just getting sexual for no reason. Yeah. That'd be weird. <laughs> we're just randomly well i mean i guess we've we've, we've talked a lot about fucking as but, the content of songs yeah but that's not that's not for no reason if i was just like randomly decided to go that direction for no reason at all you're like okay <laughs> roadhead <laughs> yeah <laughs> track number two we gotta get through this shit yeah uh, okay i, th- I th- this is either the first song or the second song i heard from japanese breakfast i mentioned that there were two of them uh, and I'm not really sure which one I saw the music video for or heard first. And I, I, I genuinely just don't remember that period of my life very well, I think. Uh, or at least not specific like events to, to where I saw it or, or why I saw it or whatever. But uh, this was one of the first two songs I heard from Japanese Breakfast. And it, it really hooked me. It's got some nice like dreamy floaty guitars and sound effects and simple clean drums and stuff. The bass, again, is just smooth as fuck and I love it. And uh, at this point in the album, I was like, yeah, I definitely agree that Soft Sounds from Another Planet is a very apt title. Yeah. Because it's just, everything's like, it's soft, it's dreamy, it's smooth, it's just it's just there. It's almost ambient, but it's it's still very much like grounded and like pop music and, and kind of like almost psychedelic. It's kind of hard to describe, I guess, because there's not great English terms to describe the sounds other than what we just keep repeating. Yeah. Um, I, I did note though, like listening to the song, I got my, my notes together last night at like 1130 at night. I was sitting outside on my deck and I wrote, I don't smoke and I have very little desire to smoke, but this album so far makes me feel like standing outside late at night and smoking. Oh it's, shit. It's just like, it just feels that way. Like it, it's such a, like a warm kind of like, like the album art. It's, it's just kind of warm and it's kind of like, I don't know. It's wistful and dreamy and spacey. It's just it evoked that kind of imagery in my mind. You know, I 100% agree with that. Like that just sounds like a really good fucking time. It does, but I don't don't smoke. Yeah. I I probably wouldn't actually enjoy the act of doing it. Probably my mind in my mind. It feels right. Yeah. And at this point in my life, I I probably wouldn't either, but Cause it's, that's been a while, man. But so I was looking it up cause I couldn't figure out like what kind of words <laughs> to use to describe all this stuff other than like spacey, ambient, like, right. dr- like clouds or whatever. Mm-hmm. And apparently I guess it's like dream pop is just the general sure. term for this, which I feel like is pretty, it, it, it works pretty well. Yeah. It's, it's dreamy, but, uh, it is. Like, especially there's this part in the song where these, like, synthy flute things kind of come in and start playing, like, these trills and just, like, a cool little melody that sounds like like you're like you're in a cloud, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, just, just imagine, uh, for the audience, just imagine the last time you were sitting in a cloud. And that's yeah. What the, that's what it feels like. Exactly. Like, <laughs> that's what it sounds like. Easy. Everybody's got that memory, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this one... Yeah, like so the first song was six and a half minutes long. This one immediately just chops that like right in half at three like three minutes and fifteen seconds, and that's kind of where the rest of the tracks stay right. around that time. Which I like for the ti- for the sound that this song has, I'm totally 
glad that she cut it down. Not that I wouldn't have liked a six and a half minute song, but I feel like the first one was like a good journey into it. And mm-hmm. then now I like kind of the consistency with the shorter songs for the rest of the album. Yeah, it, it kind of gives her more focus, I think. And I think she prefers the kind of shorter songs, and I think her other music is probably along the same lines. So I, th- I think the first track, Diving One, was kind of uh, a departure from her, her normal, typical song length in itself. And uh, I think it shows because these short songs, it's not that they're like, like you said, it's not that you wouldn't want to listen to more of it. It's just they're they're very focused and concise, and it's not a bad thing at all. Yeah. And lyrically, since uh, we were talking about sucking, you know, uh, this, <laughs> like, it has a mention of Roadhead, and it's in the context of just trying, just trying something to save a relationship. Like, I don't, like, one of the lyrics in the first, the first verse is just, you gave Roadhead on a turnpike exit, going home, going home, last ditch desperate, like a makeshift siphon, like, yeah. So she she knows it's over, like, or that it's not, like, it's it's her last ditch effort to kind of just keep this thing on the rails, and it's just like, I don't know, just after that she says pump and run, pump and run, it makes me think, like, you know, this is like, it's it's over, and this is just happening, yeah, and she's like, not getting pleasure out of it. Yeah, no, it feels no, nobody's getting pleasure out of it. This it's feels like a like, sad moment, like. Yeah. <laughs> Sad blowjobs, wop wop. But yeah, it's it, it. Yeah, you you summed it up pretty much pretty much accurately. She talked about it being like she she was realizing that she was trying to to save a relationship that was doomed to fail, and she would rather chase her dreams of becoming a musician than being with her boyfriend at the time. And, and it, I think it's kind of an interesting departure from the first track where she's talking about wanting to have that kind of normal life where she could come home and not just be touring all the time and not be like the single lonely musician kind of a thing where this is kind of like maybe doing a time skip back and saying like, this is the moment where I made that decision kind of a thing, but it's kind of interesting, very light on lyrics for a lot of the album. Yeah. A lot of it just like gives time for the music to kind of float their soft sounds, you know, just let it float around, which is fucking awesome. Cause Honestly, the music, I don't, I'm guessing it's, since it's a, her solo project, it's just her, like, making the music. I mean, I yeah. guess she has a backing band. I don't know how well, so the musical writing is. From, from what I gathered, I don't know about the writing itself, but the whole album was co-produced with a guy named Craig Hendricks, which uh, she talked about a little bit in that NPR interview from what I saw. And he had a pretty solid chunk of, like, creative direction on the album there it was kind of a collaboration between the two of them um also the bassist from her other band little big league is the bassist on this album so it's kind of a hodgepodge it's not like she's writing performing everything uh she worked with a producer craig hendrix and and she had other people in the studio with her to record and stuff but i'm, I'm not sure where all of the writing and stuff comes into talking about little big league though the first line is actually a reference to a little big league song apparently uh which is called brackish water where they said giving roadhead on the turnpike and i called it off when i saw what i'd become i was holes in shape so i feel like and i think she does it a couple times throughout this album is calling back to lyrics from a uh, little big league but she's kind of like doing it in a way that she takes those moments and applies them to her own life and and kind of thinks about what that means to her as a person kind of a thing 
instead of just like pinching it and being uncreative about it, I guess. Yeah, there's a lot of creativity going on in this uh, this album, and somebody could make like a like she's almost <laughs> like some sort of creative robot made by some machinist out there, there you, go. you know, just making creative robots all day. And she's one of them. <laughs> Track number three is called Machinist. Oof. I could, we could feel the energy fading. We were waiting for the other one to pick it up. And, and then I just snuffed it. it out like some you sort of it. fucking cruel person <laughs> choking a puppy. Indeed. Machinist. Track number three. My first note is Joey's going to love these watery sound effects and scents. Was Dude. I right? You were 100% right because <laughs> it just starts out with like these bright and glassy, like ambient synth sounds. And it's got like, like you keep mentioning the bass because it's fucking awesome. So yeah. it's got like just a bass. I mean, it's not, I don't think it's a bass playing in the background here, but it's just got like a bassy background type sound going on. And then she comes in with like just spoken word almost. Yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of like singing to it, but it's, it's, it sounds like it feels like spoken word. Yeah, and there's just like a drum machine kind of thing playing in the background, but just I really like the electronic approach to the song, especially. I mean, it's called Machinist, so like right. it just it fits with a good theme. But it just she gets like auto tune in her vocals whenever she starts like singing in the chorus, and it just gets super cool and like I don't know, like the retro wave that we keep talking about, like. It's that you got, say we that you keep talking about. No, you talk about it too, Jeremy. We're talking. This is a discussion. But uh, yeah, you know that I keep talking about. We we as feedback loop. Yeah, keep talking about. Yeah, we as a corporation keep talking about because <laughs> we're incorporated. <laughs> Everything, whatever you're talking about, vaporwave is corporation. But uh, you know, it, it's just like a really nice electronica song. She's got like vocoder, like stuff going on in there. Super cool. Reminded me a little bit of like the vocals on like an Apples and Stereo type thing where he's doing like the vocoder Baba type thing. But sure. it, this is like the background backing up the actual song. And you know, there's just a lot of sounds that I really liked. It was this was one that I played a few times just on yeah. its own. It's it's very like dancey and it kind of stands out because it does have those kind of more electronic elements than a lot of the tracks on this album. I was thinking about it. Uh, last night, and I feel like this track specifically would be an interesting slash good gateway to getting into like the Banks style artists and, and like listening to that Banks album. I think this is kind of like a good first step if you're coming from the background that you have, I guess, with yeah. your, your music, or at least what you listen to. That, from my perspective, I think you listen to, I guess. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what the fuck I'm trying to say. I feel like it. It's. It has a similar sound to what Banks would be, but Banks is obviously like a, a step further in the kind of poppy, kind of weird way. Maybe. Also, no, you, you go. You go. I was just, I was just gonna say one, one final. There's a saxophone solo. Hell yeah, there fucking is. This, That's what I was about to say. It's. It, he fucking kills it. Whoever it is. Yeah. He, she, they fucking guilt. You just assume it's a he, Jeremy, because that's yeah, well, six so sax. Anytime I see the word sax solo in my brain, I think of Brick Yeah, from, from Borderlands, the, the Borderlands 3 trailer that they did, and I can't think of any, anything else when I say the word sax solo. I think so of Jack Black cool. playing his little like oh, yeah, his, toy, his, toy saxophone what is thing. It? Was it a saxaboom? Boom, saxaboom. That's what it was. It's a saxaboom, I think. Saxaboom. But yeah, yeah, I can see that too. Yeah. But it's it's just really really fucking awesome. It's just a bop, you know. But it's, uh, it's very dancey. 
lyrically, this song is like it seems to be about the end or near the end of a relationship where like the other person is just like cold. Like I don't know. In the last song, she Roadhead, she was talking about like the some of the last lyrics where the guy is telling her like dream on like kind of just like you're not gonna this is ending you just gave me roadhead i don't care about you your dreams are gonna fucking die (laughs) like this dude's just kind of like super cold and unfeeling and it's talking about i guess maybe not being with him but a person like that and they're like a robot and she is the machinist she's i don't know if she's saying because she like helped create this person in the relationship there's no really evidence for that but a machine just creates robots so like i didn't know if there was like some sort of or if it was just like just a play on words and that's it yeah i don't know she she claimed the song is about a woman falling in love with a robot which i kind of see that that kind of thing where you're falling in love with someone that doesn't reciprocate because you know they're a robot in the literal sense and maybe I, I took it in, in a more literal direction with what she had said. And I was like, well, she's saying that she's falling in love with a robot. I mean, it's kind of a spacey album, so it's kind of sci-fi, whatever. And I thought, well, maybe it, it, the character is falling in love with an actual robot. And she's just kind of like reading a bit much into the inaction. Cause it's a fucking robot. The robot's not gonna feel <laughs> a damn thing. She's kind of personifying it and kind of blaming it for the reason that their relationship didn't work out, but it's a fucking robot. You know? It's all your fault robot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if, if they are flying through space, maybe they can just take, take some time off, you know, see, see some other planets, maybe get some nice planetary ambience in, in the, the viewfinder or step outside and bring it, breathe in some, strange atmosphere probably don't do that if you're yeah, if you're you, listening to this podcast in the year 3000 and or 3005 we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, go, we that. Go. we'll go that direction nice uh <laughs> if you're listening to this album this podcast in 3005 don't just breathe in strange atmospheres if you have the ability to do so make sure you can actually breathe it yeah because if you try to breathe in space you're just gonna like fucking your eyes will like sizzle off of your face or something it's some crazy shit yeah I can't prove that because I'm not an astronaut and I've never seen it happen to somebody, but planetary ambience is track number four is what I'm trying to say. That's what we do know. (laughs) (laughs) That is the one thing we know about space. And that is the track number four on this album is planetary ambience. It's it's just an instrumental track. Yeah. Nothing I can say, I think will, will do the song justice. I think this, the song title sums it up perfectly. It's just some like, super spacey ambient great greatness it's kind of like an interlude but it's just it's beautiful this is one song that she i mean it's a minute and 17 seconds long it's one song that i could do with a longer version of it you know For sure. michelle if i can use your <laughs> if i if i can be on a first name basis with you and we're, talk we're to you on directly. a first name basis with every musician we talk about uh like if you're listening to this for whatever reason if you just have some spare time, you know, and want to make a longer version of this song, an extended play version, like it, like a 10 minute, just 10 minute version. And then yeah, you, you can know, release it as like a single on like a seven inch vinyl or something. Yeah. That'd be really cool. <laughs> and I'd listen to it. I don't know about anybody else, but I would listen to it. So. I would listen to it. So that's, yeah, there two, we go. that's two people that are going to buy this <laughs> seven inch vinyl. <laughs> just please. But yeah. It, it's, it's so good. It's, it's very like, I don't know. It, Again, it, it's planetary ambience. What it, what it says it does, it does. And, I mean, speaking of planetary ambience, she must have just gone and recorded some soft sounds from another planet to get this album. That, oh, are, are, you, are, you, are you segueing to the album title? 
I'm segueing to the album title, and the album title is segueing to track number five, Soft Sounds from Another Planet. Because <laughs> there's a title track on this title album. Track. Hell oh yeah. boy. <laughs> I enjoy title tracks. I, yeah. I don't know why. I just There's something about the fact that, that like, it, I, to me, I guess it kind of makes you think that the, the album is grounded by this one song, or that this one song is the primary like driving force of the album or the inspiration for it kind of a thing, I guess, is why I like it, but... I don't know. It's a pretty, pretty cool song and it's a pretty cool album. I like title tracks when they're not the singles. Like, yeah. I don't know. I feel like you can tell whenever a title, like they're just like, okay, this is going to be the big one. We need to get this name everywhere. So people like hear That's it on true. the radio and whatever it's like, but like stuff like this where it's like, I feel like this sets the mood and she was just like, okay, this is going to be the song that, you know, so, so side tangent question related to that. If, uh, assuming you are singling out someone like Taylor Swift, right? Someone who, who definitely like sells singles more than albums kind of a thing. If you had stumbled upon an artist that had a title track, say Japanese Breakfast, say that Soft Sounds from Another Planet was pushed as like the single from the album, would you A, find out about it and B, would that affect how you felt about this album? It possibly could, but honestly, I feel like I'm so disconnected from the singles thing right. that at this that, point... That's kind of what I'm getting at, is like, if you heard that... If you listen to a Taylor Swift album, yeah, and you saw that there was a title track on it, would you assume that that was the reason for the album to exist, is just a, a vehicle for that single? Maybe not or, Taylor or Swift, because she's... She's I was got, just using. She's an easy target. Yeah. Well, she's got multiple bangers on each album, so she, she does. Bum, 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 bum. Maybe maybe the wrong target, but she she was an but, easy target for produced pop. If it was like a one hit wonder type deal, like take uh, what was his name? How bizarre? What what the fuck? Who who made that song? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> no, who made that song? That was like how bizarre. Know. Yeah, I know what song you're talking about. I can't think of his name. It's let's do some research here. How bizarre. Is OMC. OMC. I knew it was three letters, but <laughs> the literal only reason he has that fucking album is just to put out How Bizarre. If you go to like Spotify or something, there's like millions and millions of listens to that. And then yeah. all of his other songs have like maybe so, 50,000. So, so this is definitely off topic. Do you hate One Hit Wonders? No, I actually really like One Hit Wonders. And I like it because I feel like. I don't know. It's like uncovering some gym whenever you like find them. And then there's like a bunch of other songs that you like by them or whatever. So, but, so you like the, the hipster take on it and that like, Oh, they shouldn't have been a one hit once wonder. So you, you don't like a band that literally only has one good song as much as you like finding other good songs that nobody else is giving credit to. Yeah, I think I just like good songs. I'm, I guess I'm just not bothered. <laughs> necessarily. I'm going to quote you on that and put it on a t-shirt. I think I just like good songs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like and this may just completely go against what I was just saying. But, like, I don't know. It's I guess I just don't like the commercialism around it because I'm a fucking sure. hipster. Sure. But, like, I like... I don't care if it's just... If they're just a one-hit wonder. And I don't, like... I'm not going to hate on it too much. 
if I really just like the song. I don't know. Like Re- Rebecca Black Friday. What do you what do you think? Friday the, is, the original, not the the new remix. I like the new remix way more than I ever liked the original. I <laughs> <laughs> see I feel like the original it was only like a big song because of how like bad it was. So Re- I like Rebecca it. Black is going to have some words with you. I hope she fucking does cuz I like her new her new <laughs> mix of it. Like it's good. But and she, I don't know, she kind of, what was it, My Moment? Was that her other song? That I song was no fine. I, I know literally no other songs by her. Yeah. and But, yeah, I, I mean, she owned it. She's pretty, she, she seems did. like she's pretty cool. I, like, I think I, I remember even at the time that Friday came out, like, she wasn't expecting it to blow up, and she didn't necessarily like it. She thought it was just kind of a fun thing to do. And well, then it just kind of blew up in her face, and then, and then she kind of got got screamed at by the internet and went away for a bit. Now she's back doing, yeah. doing her thing. Good and on you. And now we're back talking about the lyrics to soft sounds <laughs> from another planet. We haven't even talked about the song. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. We, sorry for taking us on that, that journey, you know, just kind of spaced out a bit okay. while thinking about soft sounds from another planet. But yeah, there's some vocal filtering and some reverb on this track. That's just phenomenal. I really like her vocal track on this. It's got some very simple, like synth organ chords, that make me feel like I'm in space church is what I wrote down. Hell yeah. Space the church. <laughs> the guitar comes in. It's very like crisp and clean as the song like really kicks in. Uh, and she's, she has this kind of similar to what you described. Uh, Lily is Lily your name from beach bunny. The yes. From beach bunny having kind of like a sad sounding voice. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, Michelle kind of captures a similar thing. It's different, but it, it's kind of similar in my mind with her vocals on this and even the music, it just kind of feels kind of somber and sad. The second verse kind of comes in with, it's a bit of a punch, but it's a soft punch where it's like, it's strangely aggressive, but not like it compared to other aggressive things. It's not aggressive at all. It's still very much this very chilled thing. Uh, the slide solo for there's like yeah. a lap steel guitar. It kind of felt out of place to me. I don't hate what? it, but it just, it, it felt weird. You can throw, a slidey lap guitar into a- any song <laughs> and it's right at home, man. I don't know if that's true. Like put it in the middle of just some crazy ass, like rap maybe, maybe that's like, what, that's what hold your horses was missing. Is a whole, like the whole, a whole track of lap steel solos. Then I would have, I would have loved that album. You know, if every song was just lap steel, I think you would have liked it more. If it was just... <laughs> You're probably not wrong. <laughs> this song, to me, felt like a slow waltz through, like, time. Like, it kind of ebbed and flowed like a dance. Like, this whole song is just a dance Yeah. to me. Like, it's just kind of going, you know, doing its thing. It picks up at times, but it's just nice. You're holding somebody close. I don't know why you're holding somebody close, because... I mean, lyrically, I guess, like, there is another person right. that they're talking about. But, like, that's just kind of how it felt to me. Not holding them close, like, lovingly, but just, like... Proximity. Need... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not like, oh, I love you so much, I'm going to squeeze you into my my, my bosom. knee. Bosom. <laughs> <laughs> I think bosom is the only word to use in that scenario. And that's the only <laughs> scenario to use the word bosom. <laughs> yep, for sure. Uh, but lyrics are... I don't know. It was about... I guess keeping somebody from their own destructive tendencies, but like destructive for both people. Like, yeah, she, she kind of like, she did this on another track. She kind of 
talks about herself in third person as well sometimes, so it's kind of hard to to draw the line of who she's talking about if she's referring to herself in third person or if she's talking about an actual other person. Um, but yeah, it, it seemed like, at least to me, that this one was about another ex that was apparently miserable and, and just trying to bring her down as well, kind of like in a, in a Misery Loves Company kind of thing where he's like, oh, well, I'm miserable and I'm just going to make everyone around me feel miserable to feel a little bit better about myself because everyone else is miserable or whatever. And he was always comparing himself to happier people, which is not a good thing to do. That's not nope. going to make you happy. That's only going to make things worse. But yeah, she she wanted to fucking get out of that and she should have and she did. And now she made this awesome album. So it's everything true. worked out. She's written a lot of songs on this album about exes, though. And I'm not sure how many exes they're actually about, or if it's like one ex that she just has a lot of a lot to say about. One like super toxic person. Yeah. <laughs> just... Which I mean, I guess there's at least two exes, I think, from the vibes that I got from some of the things she said in an interview that were exes, one of which is totally chill and fine. Or at least she hopes so. But we'll get to that. Yeah, we will get to that. Uh, we don't want to let our boyish charm get us <laughs> fucking I don't know. <laughs> Track number six is boyish. Boom. If Roadhead wasn't the first song I heard from Japanese Breakfast, it's this one for sure. I've seen the music video for this one and because I've seen the video I'm kind of biased when thinking about the song, but the music for it feels like it's it's just playing at some like high school prom yeah. kind of a thing. It's got like a simple sweet melody and a simple beat with like some flowing strings and, and stuff. And it's just, I don't know. It, it, it has that feel. And the music video, I believe takes place in like some big, like gymnasium kind of dance at a school. So probably some bias seeping in, but I think it fits. I mean, I could see it. I mean, I, I guess I wouldn't necessarily say high, like high school, but, uh, it's got more instrumentation, I feel, than like spacey sounds that have been on previous songs. Like it's got the bass forward. It's got other instruments rather than just a lot of the ambience that you hear, especially like with soft sounds from another planet and planetary ambience being the two tracks before it. Right. It's it's more back to like a band sound, I sure. guess. And I mean, it's still got like in the like in the chorus, it's got like some string i guess they're strings they sound kind of like strings yeah and like xylophones or something coming in to kind of give it that that feel but that depth yeah depth there we go the fuller sound but <laughs> sounds but, wide yeah very wide and big <laughs> and thick you know but uh yeah it, it sounds more like a song that you'd hear a band perform rather than just like an ethereal like right. if you if you stuck your head into space, this would be the music that you hear. <laughs> you don't hear music. You don't hear anything in space, Joey. Yeah, except for the sound of your eyeballs sizzling, boiling in your, your skull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, there's also a, a like a very like wavy, like wavering, chill guitar solo yeah. that just kind of follows the vocal melody of the the chorus, and it's phenomenal. I really love the chorus in general. Like even even lyrically, like the first chorus, she says, "I can't get you off my mind. I can't get you off in general." So here we are. We're just two losers. I want you, and you want something more beautiful, which I, I think it, that sums up the song. Yeah. But it's, it's just, I don't know, it's fun. It's kind of like tongue-in-cheek. It's kind of edgy in, in a fun way, I guess. I guess so. <laughs> it's it's sad, man. It, yeah. Yeah, it is. It, it, she, she feels like she's not being appreciated by her partner, right? Because they want someone else. 
I just, I just, I don't know. It's just fun hearing her. Like, I, I think of it as not knowing what's coming. Yeah. And, and you hear her saying, I can't get you off my mind. And then she goes, I can't get you off in general. Which is, yeah. It's kind of a left turn for the way she's singing. It's kind of like a, a smooth, soft kind of, or just her voice is so airy. It's, it's just, it's so left field for me. And I love it. Yeah. I really like that line. Like, if I was going to write a song, I'd petition her that I could use it in some sort of way. <laughs> just pay her, pay her royalties. Just Maybe sample that. her. Just take a sample of her singing it and put it in your song. Not that I have that problem in real life. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're so well endowed. Sexually active. <laughs> yes. We're not, now we're going sexy for the sake of being sexy. No, God, that's what gets the listens. Is that... <laughs> gets those teenage girls motors running you know oh, that's what the kids the kids want right teenage girls out of this gym. <laughs> i mean that's what all the boy bands are doing right they're selling sex to teenage girls yeah but they're awful well, <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is why we don't talk about them maybe maybe you're right maybe we should just take like 12 steps back yeah take and, 12 and refocus steps back. and we can move on to track number seven 12 steps and then take seven more steps because it's track seven 12 steps oh my god Give me seven steps. Give me seven <laughs> steps, mister. <laughs> give me seven steps and then 12 more. <laughs> <laughs> yes. These are lyrics from our Leonard Skinner cover band that we're yeah, working on. Can't sue us, Leonard Skinner. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately, 12 Steps has uh, a bit more of a rocky feel than a lot of the album. The guitars and the vocals kind of remind me of another band uh, called Bully which I might put an album on because you might be into them. I'm not sure. Fucking do it. Uh, there's this fuzzy-ass guitar lick that comes in, and it's just like a new texture on the album because, like you said, like a lot, every song leading up to each song is is kind of like painting a picture, and then each song after a certain point kind of adds something new, adds a new color to that painting kind of thing. And in this one, it was it was kind of this, this fuzzy, distorted guitar. And then there's another like clean, cleaner but still distorted guitar to, to do a solo, and it's just I don't know, it's just fun textures to play around with in this album that I wasn't expecting. That is a really beautiful sentiment, Jeremy, and I like it. I like it a lot because this this whole album could be a painting, for sure. And uh, I don't know, a feel that I got from this song is that. It's been a long time since I've been to a concert, man. <laughs> I want to hear this song like outside at some sort of festival. I like, can see that. At like, is it? It's dusk. Dusk is the afternoon, right? When the sun's going down. Yeah. There's like what, wind what around like the album art for this album. Yeah, and like the sun's setting, and she's just playing this song up there, just fucking rocking out, and then I'm just rocking out out there in the in the the crowd, you know, covered in mud for some reason, <laughs> and I feel the wind in my my hair that I in shaved your off. Bloody hair! <laughs> oh, you're not hair because yeah. you shaved. <laughs> shaved all my hair off for whatever fucking reason. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's just it's nice. It's short and sweet. It's two and a half minutes long. It's just it's just great. You know, it makes me feel good whenever I listen to it. Not in like a happy way, but like it just. It gives me some comfort. I Let's guess. be honest. Neither of us ever feel good in a happy way. Yeah, what, we, seriously. We only we only feel good in sad boy ways. But that, I'm not. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I was gonna extrapolate and then just go off on a tangent. Yeah. But you know, this this song lyrically, it's about the very end of a relationship, and it's like hard to swallow. But there's, I don't know. It seems like a very like 
chill end of a relationship. Like, yeah, that's what I was, I was mentioning earlier, where it seemed like one of the relationships he talks about on this album kind of had a very uneventful, undramatic ending, unceremonious ending, perhaps. Uh, where this one, she actually talked about this. The song's about her meeting her current husband. She was dating someone else. She went to to a smoking bar called the Twelve Steps Bar or something. A Twelve Steps Down is what it was called. Uh, and she saw some guy performing karaoke or something, and she just like immediately fell in love with him. And so she broke up with her at the to- her then boyfriend, I guess. And this, she said that this song is kind of an apology song, but I don't feel that. Yeah, I don't. I, it sounds more to me like she's just hoping that that guy understands it and is okay with what happened. Like yeah. she's just seeking justification for leaving him. But I'm sure the guy was pretty torn up about it. And hopefully he's fine now. Oh yeah, I'm sure he is now. I, I, I yeah, know. yeah. But you know, yeah. I didn't get apology vibes listening to the song, yeah. but you know. I don't know, you said it on NPR, so maybe the guy heard it and was like, okay, gave him some context if he happened to listen <laughs> to the song. Cause surely, if your girlfriend leaves you for some dude... That she you're just gonna, met? Yeah. And and you're, just lo- a love at first sight connection? Who are you to deny that, first of all? you know, yeah. take Taking her stance. You know, if she has been with you for some time... And, and she doesn't sees, know. And she see Well, I mean, what? No, like okay. So if she if she's been you with a while, if if she's been with you for a while, and doesn't know enough to not like not see a guy, like doesn't know that you're the one enough to not just oh, see another sure. guy and be like, that's but, the but dude. That's the thing. Like I don't know. It, it's it's interesting because I feel like there's the, this romanticism about love at first sight, right? Yeah. Which I I'm not gonna say doesn't exist because it clearly does to some extent. It's not like some some phenomenon. Well, I guess it is a phenomenon. But like, I, I don't know. Is she wrong in breaking up with her boyfriend because she walked into a bar and just immediately fell in love with some other guy? Is that wrong? I, I don't think it's wrong. I don't necessarily think it's like a great thing to do, but I don't <laughs> think it's wrong. Like I, I okay. You know, I'm gonna go. I, I'm gonna go out here. For because context, at the time of the NPR interview, she was still with that guy, the the guy that she met in the bar. She fell in love at first sight. She married him, and as far as I know, they're still together. Yeah. Okay. Well, this almost exact situation happened to me with Alyssa, who is. But you're not married, so it's not it's not legit. Yeah, it's not legit. <laughs> we've, we've been together for a long fucking time. I was gonna like it's it's kind of. Kind of iffy, but seven years and uh, have sure. a child together, you know. <clears throat> but it's not real because we're not married. <laughs> it's not official. It's but, not Facebook official. <laughs> but so this kind of situation, like, we were both with other people when we met. And it, was, it wasn't it was even like, I mean, we I didn't like literally see her for the first time. I was like, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with you. <laughs> right. But it's like, I don't know, you see somebody and you're like, shit, I want to pursue this. And I mean, as long as you're at least pretty respectful about it. Right. I'd like to think that like, I mean, what, and what, like, what are you going to do? Be like, no, I'm with this person <laughs> right right now. So I'm going to deny myself happiness and potentially just go yeah, and that's this not, other that's person. That's good for either party. Yeah. Like I'm going to be in an unhappy like, relationship. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bad vibe. I think she made the right call. Yeah. It's, it, it's kind of like frowned upon, I suppose. 
because when you're in a relationship, I mean, I guess depending on the relationship, I guess now everyone, a lot of people are pretty open about that kind of thing and, and having casual relationships or whatever. But like, I, I feel like as long as the communication is clear and you do it, like you said, in a respectful way, I think, I think Michelle doesn't owe that guy anything. You know, she, she yeah. doesn't belong to anybody. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing. I mean, like if you enter a monogamous relationship with somebody, I feel like you do have some sort of obligation to not just like go out and like, like, not actively seek out at the very least. Yeah, like, but if it just happens, like, I mean, you're not, like, I don't know. And there is a point, at a certain point, like, where you do get responsibilities with another person. Where it's sure. like, you, you owe them more than just, like, randomly seeing a person and be like, well, I'm going to leave you <laughs> for this person. Right. But but what if it's true love, Joey? What man, if what if Alyssa came to you tomorrow and, and was like, look, I saw this guy don't don't question the, the context around it right yeah because hey, i'm sure she's not going out in public and, and seeing guys <laughs> but if she did right if she came home and she was like look we've got we've got a kid I, I love i love our kid i love i love all of us we're happy family but i saw this guy and he's the one i would how, probably how would be like feel? i'd probably you'd be feel, like you'd feel a little ripped off right i'd be like no for, for i think first and foremost i'd be like he's the one you don't believe in that. Like, <laughs> Put that aside. Put that aside. If it happened. I'd be like, how would, how do you know? I'd probably ask. That's probably the question I'd ask. Be like, how do you know? Like, what yeah. are you talking What's about? What's wrong with me? What's wrong? You see me every day. I'm not the one. <laughs> I don't know. We're, this is going nowhere. We're just Literally talking nowhere. at this point. But I, I, I think it's an, it's fun to talk about. So. Yeah, it's a nice thought experiment. And give you us, know what? Give us your thoughts in the, in the comments. Yeah, and maybe once we get big enough, we'll like Jimmy Fallon big. We'll be able to yeah. get on on the TV and talk about shit like this. But yeah, we can we can see what Jimmy Fallon thinks about leaving his lover for someone else. Yeah. Until then, we'll just keep talking about track number eight, Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon, Fallon big, <laughs> with an Hell exclamation yeah. point. We're back at it. This one's got some some swelling sense. Can oh introduce God. a very like driving baseline. I really love the sound of her voice on this album and, and this track. It just exemplifies that, I think. And the chill vibey music, just like the aesthetic of this album is fantastic. I love it. I love that you said swelling synth and driving bass because that is literally what I wrote. I wrote that. I wrote. <laughs> I well, I didn't write it. I typed. Wait, did that. I pull up your notes? I think you did. I think I accidentally sent you that screenshot of my notes yeah, earlier. <laughs> I'm just reading everything that you already had. God damn it. <laughs> But uh, yeah, this this one like the vocals on here, not necessarily like I don't know the vocal arrangement. There's a lot of like vocal melody making up the musical arrangement in the chorus here, which is kind of like it gave me like Inya vibes, where sure. it's like got some. She's using voice as an instrument as well as to tell the lyrics and everything, which is super cool. Yeah, thing it I is. like. There's not a lot of lyrics in the song, as with a lot of them. But this one is also something that I alluded to earlier, and that the song is about her bassist leaving her other band, which was Little Big League. He got a gig with a separate band that was gonna that he was told was gonna be Jimmy Fallon Big, right? That was the quote, and that's why the song titles that. And and she kind of felt a bit betrayed about it. There weren't any like hard feelings per se. She just felt like she wasn't good enough to be Jimmy Fallon Big because her bassist was leaving another band kind of a thing but he plays bass on this album so they're still they're still friends so i guess they didn't get jimmy fallon big did they 
I mean, maybe they did. Maybe Japanese breakfast is Jimmy Fallon big. I don't. I don't fucking know. Maybe that's what he was talking about. He was like, no, you know, I, I this is some really crazy like future teller shit. Yeah. But I'm joining this band because and it's I'm going to drive you to make make the music that will get you Jimmy Fallon big. Exactly. <laughs> and he knew that this guy is just like some sort He's of genius. Th- He's like Nosferatu, not Nosferatu. Who's the guy? <laughs> Nostradamus. <laughs> Nostradamus. The Nosferatu is a vampire. <laughs> I love it. But uh, you know this? Yeah, this this guy. I, I just said it was about a flake. I didn't necessarily like pin the basis or anything. But yeah. yeah, it's like look at you. You're being a good boy and not just reading everything. I was just so engrossed in in the, the detail that she gave for some of the songs because. She she has she talked to NPR for apparently a while about yeah. this album, and it's fascinating because I, I I don't I don't do lyrics. I'm not a lyric guy, and a lot of this this album the lyrics were like kind of cryptic and not making a whole lot of sense. So I was just like, yeah, I'll just read it. It's kind of interesting. I was kind of like reading a story, in some way. Yeah, it's a super interesting story. And uh, and the body track- is a blade. <laughs> and the body is a blade. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Number, Number nine. nine. <laughs> we're killing it. Uh, this one I really like, like the guitar tone and the guitar line at the start here. It's just, it's it's. I don't want to say driving because it's not like super energetic or anything, but it's very forward moving. It's got this ringing quality that kind of it hits through the rest of the music at the beginning, at least. Yeah, like the rest of the music is this water, and the guitar line is this blade surfacing through the top of the water that kind of just juts out and sticks out to me. But then it kind of like as the song continue, it all kind of melds together and gets incorporated into the background. And I really like her voice on this song. I mean, I like her voice on this whole album. I really liked her voice on this song as well, though. And it's just like it did, however, show like probably the only real issue I have with this album. And not it's not a huge issue because it's not there all the time. There's some times where I feel like her vocals are mixed too softly in the yeah. music. And you said she doesn't like the sound of her voice. That could be why. I don't right. know if it's just an aesthetic thing. Because, I mean, it is a sound that a lot of people go for in this kind of general style of music. Like, the vocals kind of get melded in with all of it. Yeah, I think to add to that, <clears throat> a lot of... Well, I, I'm not going to say a lot. I shouldn't say a lot. Some of the vocals on this album were actually... Uh, harmonized i guess uh with craig the the guy that co-produced the album with her craig hendrix apparently has a very nice like she called it a uh, i think she called it a disney prince voice oh, kind shit. of thing uh so he has like some backup vocals that i honestly didn't even notice until i like saw that but uh it makes sense having that knowledge and, and then listening to it that like sometimes he's kind of bolstering her voice which might kind of create that dissonance for when he's not there that yeah. would make her sound a bit a bit softer and less pronounced, I suppose. Well, there we go. And uh, last note on the music, though. There's like a little harmonica-sounding yeah. keys or whatever. You know, I just like it. It's just a little nice touch, you know? Yeah. We it's like cool. weird instruments. It's a cool sound. Because we're weird and quirky people. <laughs> oh my know? god, I am so well <laughs> random. <laughs> we did grow up in that era, so... We did. So we can, we can talk about that. Honestly, yeah. I didn't have a lot to say about this track until I read her comments from an NPR interview. Oh. And I don't think I've ever related to any song so hard Yeah, like, on a personal level. It's, it's it's interesting. So, like, not in, like, a sad boy way even. Just, like, it, it so perfectly describes something. 
but she said, and I quote, at least from, I'm, I'm quoting this quote from Genius quoting her NPR thing, but uh, she said, the song is about trying to figure out how to be a good person after something really terrible happens in your life. It's about dissociating from trauma and relying on your body to physically keep pushing forward in an attempt to survive. I guess I was begging myself not to fall into a deep depression after my mom died, which obviously my mom's dead. For those who didn't know, my mom did die when I was like 14. But like, I don't know. It's just like the way she worded it and, and the way that like you can tell that she's been through it because I felt that exact way. Yeah. And it just like just allow kind of dissociating, you know, letting your body run its course, letting your body keep living life, even though you're not really present in, in some way. It, it, it's just like, I don't know, dissociation. I'm not someone that dissociates a lot and I don't like... I, I'm kind of a control freak, so I, I don't, I never really, like, got into alcohol, I never really got into to weed and stuff, because, like, or, or, or anything harder than that, obviously, for, because, like, I, for fear of losing control of, of my mind and my body kind of a thing, I like being in control of, of my own faculties, but at the same time, like, it's, it's so apt to, like, think of your body just kind of running on autopilot, and, and your body just kind of living for you until you can get back to it in, in some weird way, which I know sounds kind of like supernatural or, or maybe borderline personality disorder wise, but, but it's, I don't know. It's just the way that summed up. I've never related more to something so specific. That is like really intense. It is. And I, I, I didn't, I don't, I don't mean to dump it on you. No, It's like some heavy shit because I don't, I'm obviously like I'm talking about it. I'm fine. I, I don't like, I don't carry that baggage. I don't have that kind of weight, but it is so accurate to how I, how that situation should be described. Well, I got that the song was about somebody that was like really important dying. I didn't read that, but that is like, I don't know. That's, that's, I don't want to say it's cool or good, but it's like, it is. It's cool. I like relating to things is cool. It is. And like I'm just glad to know from the perspective of somebody who's gone through that yeah. that like this cuz I mean the song felt really real but like I don't have like I've lost people but like I don't know to have a song connect on that deep of a level yeah is is something man. It's weird. It's crazy. It's awesome. It's scary. Yeah. It's life. And, but that is like a real deal. Like whenever something just like in like, I don't know. I feel like you have like everybody has just a few moments in their life where like just something happens right. that is like so far beyond anything that you would have ever expected to happen. Like in a crushing way, in a good way, and oh, I don't know. Just Did you get smacked out of your own body for a yeah, minute? Yeah, where you're just like. Even, like, it can happen sometime with really intense, like, physical pain, but, like, I feel mm-hmm. like emotional pain is just, like, it, yeah, it's like you're you're above just watching things, and you're, you're just kind of just, like, stuck there. You're, like, in yeah. stasis, at least, like, mentally, until life can just continue, and it's just... It's fucking crazy. Yeah. You do that, and you rein yourself back in, and you repeat the cycle until you die. Till death. Yeah, till death, man. At least <laughs> track, until track 10. Track number 10, till death. <laughs> This one has some more crashing waves sounds and, and some light keys and stuff, so which is kind of a nice vibe in, in itself. Uh, the bass comes back in very smooth, and it, it perfectly like 
fits the dainty vibe of the intro to this track in, in some ways where it's not like so prominent but it's, it's gentle and it's smooth i'm just gonna keep saying smooth over and over again because that's, that's the best way that i can describe it there's some fucking tr- uh, trumpet solo happening in, in the song which was so unexpected it shouldn't have been because there was a saxophone solo earlier but there, there's some trumpeting that goes on that was kind of welcome i, I think because I like, I like trumpets trumpets are yeah. cool man trumpets are uh, really fucking all horns just any horns. Give me <laughs> just horns. Just any instrument. <laughs> just give me instruments and music. Uh, but yeah, and then the final chorus comes in, and it's it's just it gets so big and so like noisy with like these church bells and horns and and all sorts of shit going on. It really ends on like a high note, and then it kind of fades into the. Uh, no, it doesn't. I lied. I skip ahead. It doesn't fade down. I can't believe. I'm sorry, man. I'm I'm excited. My brain's reading notes while I'm talking, which I can't multitask. Yeah, I can't either. I try to read books because I'm a dad and you have to read books when you're a dad. And uh, I, I just can't do it. I can't like read with my eyes. Maybe it's... maybe this is our wake up call. Maybe we shouldn't do a podcast, Joey. No, we have to. We've started it. We've done it for a year. We can't. This sunk cost, man. We, we have to do it for at least another week. At least another. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. We have to do it for at least another week. But this song, like the end of it, how it got really big, like it started to remind me of like a Frank Sinatra like type yeah. song. Where it's just like that old like big band type thing where it's like Hell this yeah. huge grandiose thing and she pulls it off really fucking well, I think. As someone who really enjoys that type of music. Yeah, and, and to be clear, it's still not like this is not like a Frank Sinatra jazz yeah, song. No. <laughs> but it, it definitely captures that kind of the vastness of it. Yeah. I think. Uh, the, the bigness of it. And uh this song I don't know, it's about I guess it's about like her husband, maybe yeah, like yeah. I just kind of thought it was generally about like someone who is really important to you, like your like partner, husband, wife, whoever is like always with you, helping you through shit. Uh, I don't know, just having a partner to get you through all the crazy shit that goes on in life, which is a nice sentiment. Very yeah, nice. It's sentiment. kind of it's kind of funny. I mean, it's called till death. Right? Yeah, and she's kind of taking it in like a. Again, it's kind of tongue in cheek, but also not really. She's she's dwelling a lot on death, right? She's saying when you when you're getting married to someone, you're you're doing so till death do you part, right? Which is obviously when you break it down and focus on the death part, it's kind of dark, right? You're saying like you know you're you're gonna be with me and then I'm gonna die. We're we're gonna die, and it's she. I think had uh, I don't know if she still does, but she kind of talked about in one of the other songs. I think the fear of death and the fear of dying. Oh, it is this one. She, she, the last, the last word in the song is thanatophobia, <laughs> which is the fear of death. Uh, so yeah, like, I don't know. I thought it was interesting where she's like reflecting and being thankful about her husband. Who's been with her through some pretty tough times, but also still like kind of acknowledging. I mean, the last chorus, she says your embrace healing my wounds, teach me to breathe, teach me to move PTSD, anxiety, genetic disease, thanatophobia, where she's just like, she's, she is a mess of a person and she has a lot of issues and anxieties and stuff, but that's all soothed. That's all made easier because of her husband. It's very, very nice. It is absolutely insane. What, two people can get through how much it's it's way more than double what one person can person can get through yeah it's the gestalt 
theory, right? Where the the sum of the parts is or the the whole is greater than the sum of the parts or whatever. Gestalt, gestalt, yeah. gestalt. Are you German? Yeah. Did you we, take we both, German? We both or something? German, Joey. We, we both. We were in the same German class for a year. We had the same teacher. We did. Yeah, just one year. Not not all years. We were only in the same high school for three years. That's true. Because you're you're youngin. Yep, I'm one year younger. Because you know. But in this we, house, that doesn't matter. Yeah, and in this house, track 11 is called this house. (laughs) (laughs) We we need to wrap this shit up. Yeah. We're we're going off the rails today. This one's got acoustics. It's it's got no frills. You know, it's 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 still I mean it has some frills, I guess. Her her vocals still have a lot of like reverb and and very like wispy. I think it would have been more interesting to have just like a raw vocal track from her. Yeah. But again, she doesn't seem to like her own voice, so I totally get it. Uh, but yeah, and then the piano comes in as like some nice accompaniment. It's not like overwhelming. It's not like the focus or anything. And the track just kind of like slowly builds and assembles itself, but never really like hits that big, crazy, overwhelming sound of the last track. Uh, and then it ends fading into the next track with some kind of like low, ominous droning of the like sustain from the piano, which is kind of nice. Yeah, it's this is a really, really good ending track. Like, it's just really lyric forward i guess because i mean the the music is pretty i mean i really like the music it's very nice and stripped back for a lot of it and there's a lot of like ambience near the end especially yeah of the song but yeah, and, it, and it fades into track number 12 is, is called here come the tubular bells was just yeah. is just kind of an outro track it just it takes that sustained piano that's kind of growling and then it layers in some like church bells ringing and it gets more distant and fades away and that's the end of the album so yeah, we, we don't really need to talk about that track, I guess, as much as a separate thing. So I kind of lump them together. But yeah, I'm down to put them together because yeah, it's just forty. It's forty seconds of like an ending ambient track. So about like with bells and it's called. I mean, tubular bells, I guess, is what they are. Yeah. So that's what that's here, the come, track's here called. come the tubular bells. Yeah, but uh, like this song, the lyrics are just. I don't know. It's it's a theme that I like to think about a lot. <laughs> My my first note is I think this one might resonate with Joey a bit in some aspects, Dude. or at least what Michelle has said about the track. Uh, this she talks, one she talks about nostalgia. I was reading the lyrics, and I actually did read her NPR thing, where it's like because I was reading the lyrics, and I was like, "Ooh, this is really interesting." And right to the right of where I'm looking, it just has her talking about what it is. But yeah. <laughs> I don't know, just the the feeling. Of wanting to go back, but realizing that nothing is ever going to be the way it was at the time you want to go back to. Right. Like, you're a different person now. You can't become the previous... You can create... You can recreate all the situations from your past, but you're not that person anymore. That person does not exist. That person's right. not you. That person's not real anymore. Like, they're only as real as you can remember them, at least. Yeah. They're, and, they're only they're, Their only existence is in your memory. So, like, I don't know. You can go on trying to relive your past, which is something I try to do often for whatever fucking reason. And, but the one thing that is required to get back there is the one thing you can't make. You can't get it. Again, it's gone. The me, the me who just said that last sentence is fucking gone. <laughs> Joey's so how, changed dramatically in the last five <laughs> seconds. So, how can you expect somebody from like years ago to be the same person? Like, yeah. and if, 
And you should really be scared if somehow you are the same person as ten, like ten years ago or whatever. But which is crazy. Ten years, man. It sounds like a long time, but in the grand scheme of things, ten years is fucking nothing, man. Yeah, I graduated, scary, but also. I graduated from high school nine years ago. Nine years ago this month, really. So oh, you, you did ten. You fucking what are you I gonna did do my your time? What are you gonna do your ten year anniversary, Jeremy? Is that a thing people still do? I have no fuck. I don't think it is. I won't attend if it, if it, they do because I don't want to. I'm not that not that kind of person. You don't want to go back and see all the people. Fuck that. <laughs> I don't. I don't live. I don't live in the past like some people in this podcast. I don't. <laughs> I don't try to recapture that that time. I don't. I don't know. I it, there's this is totally off topic i'm just gonna briefly say there are people that think high school was the best time of their life there are people that think it was the worst time of their life and they don't want anything to do with it i am neither of those (laughs) it was just a time and i neither i neither care in either direction about it just get one of those you'd be the person to go to like a, a super cool place not that saying that high school is super cool but like i don't know if you got a shirt it would be like high school i was there not like class right. of 20 whatever yeah yeah definitely <laughs> like, i went there that's where i was <laughs> for four years <laughs> right back to the song though quickly i kind of got a different feel from the song and that it seemed to me about that the, she was like pondering about p- how fickle people are and how fickle relationships are and she's talking about like the way she views relationships she's kind of worried kind of anxious about it about like saying oh are they just here because it's convenient for them right are they just staying with me because they don't want to feel alone all the time or when when are they going to leave for someone else which is kind of ironic because she left someone for someone else which is maybe she feels guilty about it and that's kind of why she's worried about it happening to her but the the final lines of that the song kind of put that anxious thinking to rest by saying well whatever this is i owe it to my partner because it kept me sane through all the shit that's happened. So she's kind of like acknowledging her concerns and, and how fickle she thinks relationships are. But she's like, well, at the same time without this relationship, even if it should end, you know, I, I would not have made it through the same way kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like every experience that you have shapes who you are and what experiences you have in the future. So that's why I live my life with no regrets, man. No regrets. Get that tattooed, boy. <laughs> Your first tattoo is not going to be a, a mimicry of mine. I think I can't. Regrets. I can't do it because you did it. But Damn, I want to I'm the only person in the world that has one because I, I call dibs on it. Damn it. Well, you know what? <laughs> I'm calling dibs on announcing next week's album. Yes. Do it, Joey. <laughs> what are we listening to next week? This next week. week. This week? Next week? Whatever. <laughs> Our next podcast that we put out is going to be about the the latest release the latest from Mr. Release. Porter Robinson. Ugh, and it's it's called Nurture. And Ugh. you know, we we've already listened to it cuz it came out what last Friday? It came out fucking 5 days ago. Was that Friday? It came out this past weekend on Friday. Yeah. The 23rd of April 2021 and this is an album that I've been excited for for a while uh, since the first singles I've been I've been listening to all the singles as it came out. I've been super excited about it. We did uh, Worlds, which was his first album last year, and we f- we found out that if we record next week our, our discussion on uh, Nurture, Porter's new album, that we can release it 
on the 11th of may which is gonna be a tuesday so if you're if you're an avid listener <laughs> i say knowing that nobody is an avid listener uh or we're gonna release it a day later but it'll be exactly one year from when we released the episode for worlds which was kind of fun and i'm super excited to talk about nurture because boy it's an album and i've been listening to it so much this week and so much the past year as the singles have, have come out i feel like i've i've really like grown with the album even though it just came out last friday i'm, I'm stoked to talk, to talk about it the only thing i will say is that i'm coming at it from a standpoint of not listening to any of the singles and it just it blew you away <laughs> in some sort of i will not say one way or the other i, I know you like it the very okay least. We'll, we'll we'll leave it in. I like it. How about yeah, that? We'll, we'll talk about it next week. I'm, oh. I'm fucking pumped for it. I've already written more than I usually write for... for not really. I haven't done like track by track, but I've written notes for an album that we haven't even technically started our yeah. cycle for, which never happens, and I'm, I'm just... I'm loving it. And we're going to talk about it next week. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, yep. Yep. So yep. be sure to stay in our feedback loop. Bye! Thank you.